Hello and welcome to the American Scouser podcast. We're never going to stop, folks. Liverpool FC will never stop. Um, tonight, we are recording. It is Monday night. It's just after the uh, Southampton Brighton game. Um, and you've got the pleasure of listening to myself, Paul and Parker. Paul and Parker, did uh, either of you guys watch the Southampton game by any chance? Yes, if I did. Paul, I did not. I didn't get a chance either, Parker. So me and you yeah. are going to uh, listen to Paul here and see what his take on the... Well, there was a few VAR calls and there was uh, Danny Ng scored the penalty, didn't he? Yeah, which was the, the same thing that happened to us, a ball right outside the box that, like, for me it's outside the box. But, you know, I don't even know what, what, what's what anymore. So yeah. they put it... Uh, VAR came in and, uh, you know, VAR came in and put it on the box and Danny Ng said his thing. But I was super, super excited to see him get on um, yeah. the pitch because, I mean, he's just such a good story. Absolutely. So, um, but yeah, other than that, folks, we've got uh, not a whole lot to talk about except the Wolves game. Yeah, lovely game on Sunday at Anfield. And for what has seemed like a lifetime, it's been nine months, we've had fans finally welcomed home the champions. And 2,000 of them began to sing and serenade the, the famous words of, uh, of You'll Never Walk Alone, and there's a great shot there where the camera just pans out and you see Fabinho in the middle of the pitch and he just screams, let's go, boys. And then it zooms out and it zooms in on the crowd again and, you know, it's just all the fans are there. And to be fair to the 2000, like, they've they done a great job um, at really lifting the spirits um, from thousands and thousands of miles away to the shores of America all around the world. But those 2000 fans were every one of us right then and there. Um, Parker, what do you want to you, you want to add to the the beautiful chorus of "You'll Never Walk Alone"? Like, how good I mean, was that to hear? That was awesome. Brought a tear to my eye, genuinely, to be able to just hear that again, actually sung by the supporters. Yeah, it was it was something else. Like, it's Paul, been a it's been a hot minute since we've been able to uh, experience it properly. Exactly. Yeah, nine months. It seems like nine years. You know, Christ. it's ridiculous. It's but, been nine um, months. Nine months, 200 and something days. But, uh, yeah, great, great scenes on the cop there. And um, I believe they were on the main stand as well. Um, Paul, how, how much would you give to have been one of those lads back in Liverpool? Just about anything, man. I mean, it's got to be, like, I mean, we talk about it from a fan perspective, but, like, from, like, if you look at the entirety of the situation, you know, the city of Liverpool, you know, well, a large section of the city of Liverpool has waited for 30 years to get back to the summit and to win that and then to not be able to really celebrate it. Um, it's so tough. And, like, you know, I can't imagine as a player, like, you know, not having, not having, not being able to have that experience either. Like, I think that's, it's got to be just as hard as the players as it is on, on the supporters. So, yeah, you know, especially for players that like, you know, I think players like, like Jimmy, yeah, players like, well, yeah, Trent obviously being being a local for sure. But I guess I think about players like Genie and, and Firmino, players that sort of like don't necessarily jump out on the, the stat sheet, but do things in games that to the intelligent supporter is appreciated in voice. Um, 
like I think that those those are those are huge moments for those players. So for I think for the city and, and, and for the for the players, not just the just the fans. I mean, big moment, big moment. I can't wait till everybody's back. Yeah, well, I've been um, behind the scenes here. I've been hurriedly trying to figure out this fella's name. There's the camera pans to a, an older fan. Yeah, the 90-year-old guy? I think he's a 92. I, I, maybe he's it's not. Amazing. Maybe he's 80-something because the, the, the general uh, crack and, and laughter and, and banter back here in the American Scouser crew is that uh, he looks good for 92, if that's <laughs> his purported age. But uh, the camera zooms in on him. You'll never walk alone. He, he does look... Uh, like an older man anyway, but it, it just really does, like Parker said, brought, brought a genuine tear to the eye. Um, nine months, it seems like at least double that. But um, yeah, so moving on to the game itself, which, you know, in a normal, in a normal game, you know, obviously this one was a 4-0. If this one was a 1 or 2-0, the game would sort of be a byproduct of, of what actually happened here today. You know, the fans got to witness their team back. But not only that, we cheered them on to a 4-0 win. Um, and also, the ladies' team uh, beat Crystal Palace 4-0 as well. So 4-0 seems to be the, the running thing here. Um, good team to have. Yeah, good, good, just, good habit just, to have. Kind of lets you like do the prediction shouts every week, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, unfortunately, I hate prediction shouts. I mean, you can talk about it, Jamie. For those of you that didn't catch it last week, um, you know, Parker and I went with the conservative 2-1, and Jamie came out here and said 4-0. Um, All guns blazing. So, yeah, so we'll have some more of that, sir. Yeah, uh, I did also say that Kelleher would score a hat trick, so... I mean, you'll have maybe, to go Maybe there. a pinch of salt. You can leave that part out. <laughs> leave that part out. But, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Um but yeah, even uh, like VAR, even a stop clock is right once a day. That's kind of my, uh, <laughs> that's my scoreline on the prediction scales, which is why I didn't take part in the predictor leagues. Um, that's my story and I'm sticking to it. So let's start with the goals. Um, Parker, you actually predicted Salah was going to score first anyway. Yep. In, in your 2-1 uh, prediction. But anyway, Salah, 24th minute. We had a couple of chances before then as well. A nice little ball in by Robbo. Um, but Salah initially gets their goal. Um, your thoughts, your takes, Salah, the man himself, the goal. It was a just... great, great move. Yeah. Um, you know, he took charge and saw the opportunity, took advantage of, I don't want to call it a huge mistake by uh, – I can't remember what player it was for Wolves, but, you know, a mistake. He took advantage of it and Cody. sealed Cody. away. Connor Cody, that's who it was. We'll get on to him in a minute. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> there, I, have, I have words. <laughs> his, his, his name's on the tip of my tongue, don't you worry. But, yeah, I mean, a great goal, takes his opportunity, one-touch finish. Paul, what's, what's, the, what's the chances of that? Like, just on a plate for him, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, people talk about most pace, right? I mean, obviously he's got loads of it, but he's just um, – I think like any good – he's a winger, right? But I think like any good goal scorer, uh, his positioning is always really good, and he's super, super optimistic. So he can create his own chances off mistakes, and obviously that's what happened. He, If you look at that run, like 
he doesn't get that goal if he's not anticipating something. That's it. That's it. He's, Do you know he, what I mean? He's begging for him to make right. a mistake. Right, right. And I think he, when he's at his best is when he's hungry like that. And I think he just shredded that entire right side all game. And, like, not only – when he's in that kind of form, uh, he's so dangerous. Not because he's just a goal threat, but he just constantly creates chances. So, I mean, I, you know, that's – I think that gets lost in the discussion between Monty and, and Salah. They're both very good at creating chances. And sure, I mean, you can have this argument on whether they're selfish at times, they're not pass enough. But I think at the end of the day, like, they do create opportunities, and that's what makes them so dangerous. But, yeah, that was just straight um, anticipation. So, yeah. Yeah, like you two guys are, are the perfect ones to talk about Salah. You're low center of gravity puts you in a different perspective. Yep. Me, I'm in the six-foot crew. I'm, I'm more of a Peter Crouch. <laughs> I think low center of gravity is a really nice way of putting it. I like that. <laughs> but if, if, if uh, Timuchin was on here, he's the defender of the group. I would, I would ask him why – so, Parker, I'll put it to you. Maybe, maybe you can ghost in as Timuchin for us. But uh, why wouldn't Cody just put his head through it, you know? Just Hide. get rid of it, you know? I think it's just uh... – I want to call it cockiness because I don't think that's a fair word for it, but I think it's a somewhat accurate word for it. Certain assurance. He he is a good defender. You're not wrong. Like, I think I think if you look at it, he's trying to put it on his right foot. He's trying to get that thing down on his right foot and and just clear it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think as a defender, you're worried about like if I get ahead to this, do I? Can I clear the second line? Right. Right. Like so, I think like he just. I think he is confident, but I think he's trying to get it onto his right foot and just misjudge the amount of pace that thing had. So uh, I've got a little stat attack here to throw at you. I've got a few stats to throw at you throughout the night, and some are kind of just bullet points and some we can kind of talk about. But um, you can kind of gauge which one you want. Now, uh, here we go. First stat. Salah has just scored now that with that goal on the 24th minute, um, as many Premier League goals as Cristiano Ronaldo in 65 fewer games. Uh, I don't really want to talk about Cristiano. Yeah. Anybody got time for Cristiano? No. We're Mo Salah. We're 65 fewer games. It doesn't matter. But um, goal two, and actually, well, the fans, like we spoke about at the start, were were there the the entire time and were doing their best and were doing a damn good job at singing. So there's a great little minute around the 28th minute just after Salah scored where Bobby gets his second nutmeg of the game, <laughs> and uh, he uh, he then instills a C Senor. No, not this. Just a normal C Senor. It's a that was a loud. Haven't, haven't seen you in nine months. Here's all my love, si senor, you know? You know, I think I figured it out with Bobby's whole, you know, cold streak or whatever. He just wants fans back. That's it. He, he's, he feeds and, and thrives off that. Man's a performer, what can yeah. I say? And we love him. We love him to bits. And anybody who doesn't can fucking, I don't know. It's too late. It's too late for that train. <laughs> so anyway... Um, after the two-minute see, senor, which I'm sure there's clips on Reddit where it's just the entire two minutes of the entire song, and you can watch that to your heart's content. I already have. Um, Jeannie gets the second, Paul. Jeannie Wijnaldum. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Jeannie Wijnaldum. <laughs> what the hell? Did he just think he was 
too Dutch for a second? Do you think it was in an orange shirt there? That, that was immense. Yeah, man. I mean, that's what happens when you have a defense that's scared to death of Salon Mane's pace, right? They split they just, him. Just dropped deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And, like, you know, it's for a player like Genie, like, people don't understand the like the offensive quality he has because he's just not like, you know, when he's not on national duty and, and you don't know anything about him playing for Newcastle or Eredivisie, any of the other teams, Feyenoord, any of the other teams he's been at, you don't know that he's got that offensive ability. But at yeah. that range, he just he, – it was such a great strike, but he just really – he literally just passes it in the top corner. Carves like, it out. I, I mean, just like, yeah. And it, it couldn't be closer to the defender, though. It was – right. Was it Cody again? Uh, I don't, I can't remember who I think it was Cody, Cody you know, close yeah. it down, but yeah, he just, um, and he makes it look so damn easy too. That's, yep. that's what's disgusting about it. Um, but I'm just in it for the big Verge celebration. Amazing. <laughs> well, apparently Verge asked him for a goal. So there you go. JD gave him a goal and then pointed to him in the crowd, Gave him the celebration, which, if you haven't seen that as well, is absolute box office. He just does the little turkey chin underneath. I don't know what it is, but it's brilliant. But um, here's a genie stat for you, Parker. Let me hear what you think about this. That's um, his 11th successive start for club and country in five weeks. I think that was from Pierce himself. Um, But that's... 11 games in five weeks. 11. I don't know if he's played all 90 minutes, but it must, it must be close. It's bananas. Unreal. And um, so then um, after that, we've got Salah's assist and Joel. Big Joel gets his third. Uh, or sorry, our third, his first. Um, and when you see his celebration, it's just fantastic like that's what it means to score in front of fans that's what it means to score in front of the cop you know like with that they just <laughs> what is it out of context mad up or something <laughs> where no context yeah yeah he's, he's such a weirdo i love it <laughs> he's brilliant um big gangly defender but what a you know what a ball by mo and then what a what a header by joel to just nip in front of the keeper and, and, and no doubt about it. Like you're not going to miss them. You're three yards out, you know, um, Parker, what about Joel? He's such a character. I mean, that's like, that's all I can really say on him is he's just, he's got so much character to him. Like, and I know we'll get to this in a minute, so I don't want to talk too much about it, but, um, you know, when the whole, VAR issue came up in the first half. There's a screenshot of all the guys crowded around the ref. um, And the face on Joel is just absolutely priceless. (laughs) There have been so many memes zooming in on the individual (laughs) players' pictures. Yeah. It's, he's got so much character to him. He's so lively. And I'm just glad just to finally seems, see him yeah, kind of come into seems form. Like that nonstop, you know, on a game in the in the training oh, yeah. sessions, like he, he in the in the commercial. What was the the coconut water commercial they were? In? Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's just brilliant. Um, 
But uh, I've got a stat for you on Madup now. Uh, Madup and Fabinho have yet to concede as a starting centre-back pair. That's unreal. That's and a, that's a fact. I was thinking about this. Like, I do all my good thinking in the shower. That's where most of my actual good ideas come from, which is, which is really literally nothing. Anyway, um, but, like, I was, I was thinking about this, and if you told me out of our back five, including our keeper, obviously, that the only one of our, our regular starting five would be Andy Robertson, I'd be like, oh, shit, man, I hope we make top four. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and we're on this extended run with, like, a couple of teenagers and, like, a midfielder that we've chucked back there who ends up being, like, you know, the next best center back in the world. Like, um, as that's off topic with Mata, but it is on topic with the fact that they've just been absolutely lights out together, which absolutely. is kind of incredible. Yeah. Just waltzes back into the team and, and you know, fair play to him. He, he grabs his goal as well. Um, do we need to mention OG getting on the stat sheet again? Semedo with another 4-0. <laughs> hey, man, at least he's helping out this time. <laughs> uh, you know what? It, it was a nice um, pass sequence before that. It was a lovely move. So, it, in a way, I, I feel robbed, you know? I feel, I'm pretty sure Mane probably feels robbed oh, as well. Mane is probably pissed, man. I would have broken his goal drought, you know? Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, there, there's more to this game than, than just the goals. Um, Parker, did you happen to see Bobby Firmino's karate kick around? <laughs> around uh, it's around 30 minutes, but it was, a, it was a karate kick pass to Mane out on the yeah, left wing. Yeah, that was... Like I was screaming at the TV. That was so good. That was yeah, yeah. just again classic samba football, Bobby. Yeah, we uh, we didn't get our our Bobby goal or our Bobby. Well, we got plenty of Bobby smiles, but we at least got the Bobby karate kick, Paul. How about that? Yeah, there's only one player in the world that even attempts to do that, let alone drop it on a dime forty yards upfield. I mean, it was the pass was perfect. It's not that he just like managed to pull it off instead yeah. like he actually dropped it on a dime up there yeah um, really did was, out, yeah. plenty of space left wing oh yeah i'll just casually karate kick it out to Mane. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm surprised that yeah i'm surprised that morani uh like if it hadn't been money getting it he would have been behind him doing it <laughs> like afterwards <laughs> <laughs> double karate kicks yeah. always um so moving on to the uh, elephant in the room, the Irishman hosting here at American Scouser. We finally got, uh, the Irish people have finally got an Irishman in the starting 11. Two clean sheets for the kid, Quivin Kelleher. I've, I know how to spell his name. I know how to spell his first name. I know how to spell his second name. Maybe I'm giving them the benefit of the, of the doubt here. Maybe they ran out of ease. Maybe there was no more E's. Maybe all the E's, all the shirts were printed. Milner, Henderson, Mane, all these other E's. Oh, uh, Kelleher. Ke Kelleher's got two. What? Three E's? I I've only got two. What the hell happened there, Parker? Kelleher? I mean, I wouldn't give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm about as far away from being Irish as you can be. I'm, I'm Arab and Polish, so if it doesn't have a ski or repeating vowels i'm not knowing how to spell it 
I still know how to spell Kelleher. Yeah. So I, I think giving him the benefit of the doubt is giving him a little too much credit. I think someone just made a pretty major mistake. <laughs> Might be just a British thing. Don't they just take the, they take complete, like, like, Alice complete, Island style completely. Like, I mean, they, 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 like most of the words, they just leave out. Anglicized, like, yeah. Just, like, yeah, they just, just anglicized his name. Yep. In typical English style. Leicester, <laughs> Leicester. It's just Leicester. You just smash it together. I mean, maybe that's what, I don't know. Oh, brilliant. No, uh, in all jest, though, um, what was that book that was written? Maybe there was a book that was written without the letter E, which the letter E is the most common alph- or alphabetical word used in the English language. Some madman decided that he was going to write a book without the letter E. Anyway. Oh, that sounds like something James Joyce would do. It does. It does God. sound vaguely. Was it, was it the, when he did the Odyssey? You just <laughs> the Iliad, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um, other than, Gad, it's Gadsby by Gadsby's Ernest Vincent Wright. Oh, hell yeah. Awesome. Yeah, but I knew there was a book without the letter E. How mad is that? Anyway, maybe our kit man needs to uh, go and read Not that read book. Not read that. <laughs> <laughs> Not read that book. Maybe that'll spell all sorts of mayhem for the rest of the team <laughs> players. Like, you know, man will just be man. Milner will be mm-er. <laughs> But, um, yeah, there was great moments in the game. Um, great, great standout performances. Like, everybody. There was no standout performances, I'm sorry. Everybody played brilliantly. Genie was amazing. Hendo was first class. Like he had most passes, most touches, most. I, I seen it earlier on. It was like he had most everything. Hendo was there. Like eighty passes, nearly a hundred touches. Unbelievable. But um, the big takeaway has got to be the fans back. Like I mean, how how brilliant is it for those two thousand fans? I think there was five hundred corporate as well. But how brilliant would it have been to have been one of those people? And I've seen some of the interviews with them outside, and apparently the whole thing was handled very cleanly, very carefully, which, you know, I've I seen some clips. There was some people not wearing masks, but everybody was commenting that they seemed very close on the cop. But there was some on the main stand. But, like, you, you've seen them on the cop. Like, they could hold out their scarves, you know. Like, usually on the cop, you can't breathe. Like, you, <laughs> you can't move. So... To see them holding out their scarves, like that, that basically tells me they were about six feet apart, which is good. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be a different story in away games. You know, obviously, we're not going to have our fans in away games, which will be missed. But um, one more stat on Genie, which is another unbelievable stat. But this is Genie Wijnaldum, folks. This is serious magician we're talking about. 26 Premier League goals for Genie. Give me a guess, lads, and we'll go to you, Paul, first. Give me a guess on what percentage of those goals are scored at home. Parker, oh, don't you be Googling. Don't you oh, be Googling. I just I have a gut feeling. So the knock on him, right, when he came from Newcastle, like he scored basically all their goals at home. Um yeah. I mean, this feels like a trap question. I'll go 50-50. I'm going to go 100 just because I feel like the reason you're asking that question is because 
it's either a hundred or practically zero. The the reason why I'm asking this question is because it's the highest ratio scored on home turf for any player with twenty plus goals recorded in the Premier League. Do you wanna do you wanna up your guess a little, Paul? I overthought it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna highest ratio. Uh, I mean, I'll go like I don't know, ninety percent. It's eighty-eight point five. Okay, I was gonna say I've seen him score an away goal because I remember thinking that's got to be a big deal. He has um, he has three away goals. He scored twenty-three at home. He has only three. Yep. What? That's such a that's such a crazy stat. Like, I don't I don't understand how that's like even possible. You know that 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 is that's not probability, folks. There's no there's. You know, <laughs> but the crazy, the crazy thing is that's not like that's like not like a season. But like he now, and that's not only one club. Like that shit goes back to like Newcastle. Like yeah. he did the same thing at Newcastle. Yeah. Wow, that's um, wild. I got another wild one. Whilst we're at it, Genie and Hando have shared the pitch for a hundred and five Premier League games. Really? Wow. For Liverpool? Yep. How I was many... just going to ask if that meant on the same team or... Uh... Well, yeah, for Liverpool, yeah. How many of those 105 Premier League games have they lost? Oh, man. I... Five. I'm going to go lower than that. I'm going to go, like, I'll go two or th- two. It is seven. Oh, okay. So, wow. you were both close. But yeah. that's still unbelievable. Yeah, I think I was thinking. Of, I was thinking. I think in the back of my mind, I was thinking about Sadio Mane, who hasn't lost a home game for us in like since he was signed, which is stupid. Yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> like, like. Um. So, lads. I mean, look, the game was fantastic. Is there anything that we? There were lots of little brilliant pieces, like Bobby. Like we we said about the the C Senor for two minutes, there was a great little bit where Bobby just shields off the play and then casually nutmegs the second player of the game twenty eight minutes in, and it's just brilliant. Like I mean, was there any other little moments like that you just want to bring up here? Do we do we uh talk about the air? Oh yeah, we've got we've got to come on cool. to, to code so- bar. I've got like a little bit of a funny thing about that. So one of my best friends from my term abroad in Liverpool actually works at Anfield. Um, and he just got a new job to being the person who reads off VAR check. So oh, wow. Insider two parts info. to this. Unfortunately, no. Um, <laughs> so two parts to this. First part was the fact that it even had to go to VAR was ridiculous. Like I said before, looking at the freeze frame, seeing everyone's faces, I don't think I've ever seen Hendo that more pissed off in my entire life. That was an enraged man. And Hendo's normally like relatively level-headed with stuff like that. Once in a while, he gets a little bitter about it, but nothing like what we saw on Sunday. It was the Diego Costa look. It, it yeah. brought me back to that Chelsea moment where it was just staring down Costa. Stare down. And I thought, oh, don't do it, Hendo. But, but even then, it. he had control to it. He just stared him down. He wasn't shouting at anyone. That was an authoritative stare, though. You would, it, yeah. That's, oh, that's, yeah. That's he, called Co- he called Cody a fucking cheat, which is awesome. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. I mean, it's so, that's perfect. That's exactly what he was. Yeah. 
Yeah. So anyway, it goes to the VAR check, and I'm like, okay, well, at, at the very least, I get to hear my buddy Jamie say VAR check on the TV. <laughs> no, the announcers were everything in the stadium was dubbed over by the uh, play-by-play commentators. I was so mad. <laughs> uh, you can try and watch it on LFC TV. Maybe, maybe that'll help. Yeah, that might. I might have to try that out because, I mean, I, I watch him on Twitch and stuff, so it's not like I never hear his voice. But right, it'd still be pretty freaking cool to yeah hear absolutely. my buddy's voice on a. If you can't be there in person, right? Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, all right, so let's, let's pack up our VAR bags. We're going to talk about it again here. So VAR actually got it right. And in, in, in similar vein to me getting a prediction score, right. Um, I don't think it should be praised. Most of what I say shouldn't be praised, (laughs) but, uh, I don't think VAR should be praised for doing something correct. Um, do you, Paul? I mean, no, that's what it was brought in to do. And, like, I know this is asking a lot. I don't think they got it 100% correct. Uh, because if you look at – like, if you listen to the Monday Night Football uh, broadcast after the game, they said, you know, VAR gets it right. Um, you can't – basically, because they're looking at a penalty, you can't card the player for simulation. That's actually not correct. I looked yeah, this up. bullshit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, because it, they said that is absolute the, simulation. Right. During, well, they said this during the main broadcast that it can't, like, they can't go back and card the player for simulation. On Peacock? Right. Yeah, they can just overturn. Um, this was, I think this was, actually, I think this was Sky. This is Monday Night Football Sky. Um, and I didn't think that was right. So I looked it up and it says, in the instance where the on-field referee is awarded a penalty, but the VAR has determined that it was an act of simulation, the penalty award will be overturned and the offending player will be shown a yellow. So Boom. it's like... Will be shown a yellow. There's no, will be, yeah, that's, yes, that's there's pretty no cut dispute. and dry. Yeah, there's no like, dispute. That's simulation. Right. That's a, a, the a bottom line. Like in you, the, you're a and I heard, Yeah, and I heard the argument made that, well, they didn't want to card him because he was anticipating contact. Well, well look, he wasn't. I, no, he, if he was anticipating contact, there's, there's, he wouldn't so, have yelled on the ground. Let, yeah, that's there's a gray saying. area here, though. I, I, can, I can somewhat understand that a little bit. Like, when you're, when you're playing up front and you see a bigger guy coming in, a tackle on you. Now, this was the other way around. This is a defender being tackled by Mane, which Mane is a, an amazing tackler, loves to throw his weight around, loves a good tackle. Connor Cody would have been scared of him, put it that way. But when you're, you're, you're expecting that tackle, you kind of do flinch for a second, close your eyes and like assume the position of falling over. I don't think that's what he was doing. I can buy that. I can buy that up to when you scream, like you've gotten your legs blown off. Yep. Yep. And then walked away and then walked away and started slapping hands, giving people high fives. That's like when you, when you, when you scream like that, that's when it becomes simulation to me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, uh, because, if you just, if you get up, dust yourself off and go, all right, let's keep yeah. playing. That's yeah. one thing that's totally anticipating contact, avoiding it. And I think, I, I think the thing that got me the most fired up is like, not only was it just clear simulation, but like Cody's wearing the armband for that team. Yep. Like, like to me, it was just really, really shameful from a captain to because it was everything that we're trying to get rid of in the game right now. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it was, I don't know. I, I know there's a line between gamesmanship, um, but to me that was just so far over the line of what's appropriate and what's expected from a professional on a team. And, and, and especially one that's wearing the armband. I thought it was just really, I thought he did himself a huge disservice. And especially one that's worn a Liverpool shirt, you know? Yep. Yeah. It, it, it really and I it, get, and I get he's it got me fired up make, too, but yeah. that's why I think Hendo got so fired up as well because he knew he knew this kid. He knew yeah. him inside out. Yeah. So And I think for I think there's a part of him that's probably trying to get back what he lost on the air. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I get it, but like, yeah, dude, it was pretty it was a huge letdown and you could tell from his body language when he got up that he knew he kind of you could that tell he, got he was away like, with yeah. one. Well, you can tell that he, he didn't feel great about it, you know? Yeah. Like, I think, you know, he... He did give he, somebody a high five, Paul. I seen it. Yeah. I, I think so. But I, I still think... I think he wore it on his face a bit. He did. I think he maybe, did, yeah. Well, he's a true yeah. scar, sir. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> he, he, yeah. Can't hide everything from his face, you know? I think, he was, I think it was probably a different feeling between when it happened than between the, it happening and then getting done with Hendo. Like, I mean, yeah. like, I would like, just call that guilt personally. Yeah. 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 That's that, it's that cheeky scouse glint. They may have known they've done something wrong, but you don't know yet. Do you? <laughs> you know I mean? oh, hold on. No, no. Everybody knows. Everybody yeah. knows, Connor. Everybody yeah. knows, mate. Um, but yeah, he, he didn't cover himself in glory in that game. Um, obviously led to Salah's, First goal and and the VAR call. Um, so VAR gets it right, but doesn't really create an incentive for not doing it again. Yeah, exactly. No yellow so, card. That's that's the, the yeah. be all and end all. Really, like that's no. it. You got it. That, that may as well have got it half. Well, you they've they've got it half right. You know. Yep. A yellow card I, in that instance isn't such a big penalty, but it's doing the right thing. I don't get why it never happens. Which I think one I, point. That gets ignored. Sorry to cut you off, Paul, but no, you're fine. one point that you made that I think has been getting ignored a lot when I see people saying this is the fact that he's the captain. Like you're meant to be a leader. You're meant to be someone that the your fellow players look up to, and beyond that, you're meant to be the person that young fans look up to. You're meant to know the rules inside and out. <laughs> you know, but like I just mean like the fact of being a role model. Yeah, you know. And I don't want to be, you know, the old fuddy-duddy going, ah, they're teaching the young kids bad habits. But, like, yeah, like, that. it's a fair statement to make. Yep. You know, we're obviously spoiled with Henderson, you know. Um, Like, I saw one comment on Twitter that uh, that was a young kid that's gay, and he was saying that, you know, it was with his... uh, with Hendo's Rainbow Laces post. And he was yeah, like, you know, I a, always look forward to... He's a young Irish to... lad, actually. Um, O'Connor, I think, or something yeah. like that. But a, a great tweet. Bring, yes. Uh, do you and have then, it up there? So you can read uh, it I, can, I can try and find it real quick. Yeah, but the really... short of it is that, you know, the kids said, you know, Liverpool's the one stable thing I always looked forward to. And Henderson... And Liverpool's for everyone, basically. Yeah. And I, that was just perfect. But um, a young Irish kid, I think he was 17 or something when he said he was coming out. And, like... Look, Liverpool are up there with some of the. the look, yeah, we've just got I, that ethos. We've got that togetherness. Yeah, you know? I found it. Go ahead, so, uh, read it out there. 
kid says at 17 i came out struggled through my teenage years but the one thing that always made me feel at home was liverpool seeing this means the world to me it truly does hendo's response you'll never walk alone keith if wearing the rainbow laces armband helps even one person that's progress everyone's welcome at liverpool football club hope you enjoyed the game tonight hashtag you never walk alone yeah and i think it's just typical hendo hendo is like the absolute rally cry of our team and that echoes into our our fan base that's amazing you know that 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 sends shivers down my spine. That lets me know that Jordan Henderson would literally do anything for any one of us. That's right. That's you know, very blue collar, which is obviously so ingrained in the culture yep. of Liverpool. The one thing I, 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 I looked into buying the rainbow laces uh, when they first came out, like a couple of years ago, this, this program has been running with the, with the um, Premier League. I would love to see if they were on sale. Obviously, I can go buy rainbow laces that that's not the point i'd i'd like to support the actual movement in the premier league but i'd like to have a pair of football but laces that are are the rainbow laces i mean who wouldn't want a pair of them check this out for stark contrast two hours on the newswire millwall players will not take a knee before tuesday's championship fixture against qpr Shock but surprise we'll, but we'll stand arm in arm to show solidarity what i mean arm in arm is, to show solidarity for what for football's fight against discrimination, oh, which is – it's just God. like it's – So is – Millwall have a terrible history. That's yes. what I was going to yes. ask because I've not spent enough time in with, with both know. With both racism, homophobia, and – Hooliganism, yeah. so, a lot. They so that answers my question yeah. then. They are the bottom of the barrel, and they're everything that English football is trying to get away from. Yeah. So there – it's a – I guess my question is like – Obviously, the city is very conservative, but is there like any particular reason for it? It's, like, is it, it like is how a... the American South is? God, I've Jimmy... never been there. I wouldn't. I'm Irish. I, well, so, I, would, I, I mean, wouldn't last a minute. It is. A, I so was Millwall wondering is... if either of you guys knew. Yeah. So Millwall is traditionally a very low income uh, east end of London, which traditionally has been high crime and is like becoming a little bit more gentrified now. Um, ironically, East End of London has got a fairly large gay community that's moving in, and that's caused a lot of conflict with sort of the older school blue collar, you know, school of thought. But Millwall is in a traditionally low income, high crime area. Okay, that so, answers that. Yeah, yeah, that that pretty much answers yeah. what I was wondering on it. Because I mean, yeah. like you know, it, this is a whole other debate that we can get into, and this is something I studied a lot in uh in college but basically it's um it's a lack of positive exposure um yeah. what you get yep. as one of the core things of what ends up being manifested in homophobia or racism is one or two bad experiences and that stereotypes the entire group due to just lack of exposure of good people the positive yeah, yeah the good people the i would call normal people you know so if a certain if a certain person only sees the over stereotyped very effeminate gay person they're gonna think that's what gay people are just because they don't have the exposure to everyone else that's not like that 
And the same thing with racism. If, you know, like you said, a high crime area, if their only experience is X group as criminals, they're going to think that because they're not exposed to it. And so I think, obviously, this doesn't excuse it by no, not at any all. way, uh, shape, no, or form. Nothing to excuse it. Yeah, absolutely. But it's, that's from my understanding and from how I learned it, that's like one of the core reasons why it's still an issue, unfortunately. I and mean, really I the only say, way to I, fix it. I dare it. say there would be other ways to disprove that though. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, there would, but, I, but you're not wrong. Like they're, they're, it's just a very difficult topic to say, all right, well, just because they're not around right, other exactly. people, it's, it's all too easy for them. Like, uh, yeah, I, I get your point. I, it's just, it's, I think it's yeah, interesting. Maybe, we, I might not we, have explained it perfectly well, but. Right. We, we, we started this conversation with the captain's armband, right? And I think right. it's just, you know, I think, I think the, where this really ultimately ends is like, we have to be extremely grateful that character is, is a, a central point of what Klopp has sort of infused in making this great team a legendary team, right? And that you look at our squad and like, they're all like super high character guys. Um, and that sort of like spreads into the community. Um, and, and I think, you know, when I look at that, I just think like, I love this team so much, not because that's not just because they win, but because of who they are as, as men, you know what exactly. I mean? And like what they stand for. And like, we're super blessed to be winning, but we're super blessed to have these individuals in the side because man, not everybody does. And then there's Millwall. <laughs> like, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So. I mean, look, Millwall are a joke. Booing, booing the taking a knee. I, I, look, it, it, it's gotten political in America. I'm aware of that. But I, look, it, that's beyond a joke. Ridiculous. And, and the, the kind of stadium announcer or, or whoever it was at Peacock were saying, oh, and the Liverpool fans are applauding the taking a knee. Like, everybody should be applauding right, the taking a right, knee. You know, right, like, like those, just... like, Oh, and the Liverpool players are Liverpool fans are applauding it. Well, well done. Like, like that shouldn't be an exception. Exactly. Like that should just be the that's bog that's it, standard you know? reaction. In fact, the commentator should shut the fuck up and be applauding as well. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> like, I just feel like, I I feel like like you know in that situation with Millwall, like they just shouldn't even be allowed to have fans back in. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. you're not gonna you're not gonna like if you're gonna disrespect the program. Like, I just don't I don't get it. Yeah, it's, it's, disrespect the good that's trying to be done. Yeah, well, it's 2020. It's not like this is an undocumented. This is their first offense. This is Millwall's first right. foray right. into the yes. into the discrimination, racist, bigoted ways. You know, look, it's ridiculous. I would love to know the percentage of diehard Millwall fans that can actually travel that aren't on a ban list. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. I'm dead serious. I'm, I'm guessing it's a good portion of them. That There's are on, a Reddit the, thread that they're on the, somewhere. The, they're on the no-fly list. It's a good thing they're not in Europe anymore. <laughs> oh, God. Thankfully, I'm not on the Reddit subgroup. Um, or the Millwall subgroup. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, um, a great game. And all this VAR talk is even, even though it done something right, is taking something away from from the right. game, and, and that's the unfortunate and, thing. And and just like VAR, Millwall, when something good is supposed to happen, they can take it away and make it horrible. Um, but yeah, you know, like the rainbow armband, the the it's just great, 
spectatorship and the fans are there to witness it. And that's, that's unbelievable. The fans are back nine months on. Like, we could sit here and talk about the Michelin game midweek, lads, but there's not much point, is there? <laughs> no. You know, seriously, no. Um, other than rotating a few new faces in there, Curtis Jones probably going to play. Kids are probably going to play. We can talk about it for a minute, but, like, so much has happened for the, for the Wolves game. We spent most of our time talking about that. But uh, anything, your thoughts, get caught, cast in midweek at all? Just play the kids, man. Wrap yeah. everybody in bubble tape. <laughs> like, yep. That, that's about it. Yeah. Apparently, I read somewhere jokingly that Klopp, because you don't have to register the under-21s, he could essentially play the entire under-21 team a la Aston Villa. <laughs> really? Yep. Yeah, so there's two – I got into this on a couple channels, uh, but there's two – there's two lists. There's the list A, which is a 25-player cap. Um, and then there's list B, which is uncapped if you're born before. I think it's like January 1st, 1985 or something like that. There's like a date. Oh, um, I missed it. Yeah. It, yeah, right? Me and you both. Um, <laughs> me by a couple of decades. Um, yeah, anyway, like uh, once you're – yeah, so like – yeah, so essentially like, you know, if you, <laughs> if you beat the – if you beat the age deadline, you can, you can get him on there. Um, so it, there's no player cap on that. They still have to register him. So, like, I mean, it's not like you can just pull anybody. They've still got to be on the list, but there's no limit to how many players you can be on there if they're under that, that uh, age restriction. There is a couple of things, like, they have to be – they've had to have been at the club registered in the academy for at least two consecutive seasons. So there are some things in there. But, um, yeah, for if the we most don't part, know, we'd get murdered in the press. Yeah, I mean, who cares though? Like, who 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 cares? Disrespecting I mean, the Champions League—that's a—that's a big no-no. Like, you know, it's disrespecting it if you're trying to keep yourself as healthy as yeah, you can for the already, knockouts. Well, I mean, that's, that's 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 our opinion. You're absolutely right. I'm I'm saying that's how the press will play it. I mean, yeah. I would say I would. They'd think say it's would probably disrespecting uh, Mitch Gilliland. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude. Us. I sure. I like. I don't know, man. Like for me, it's like the only things is the only thing that matters is that you move on. Yeah. Like that's the ultimate. We've already moved on, so you know. It, right. Like, so, so why wouldn't you ensure that you move on past the knockout stages by being healthy? Yeah. Like, what's the point of putting in a player that's going to help us win in the next round that may get injured? To me, it's like, like I don't, I don't buy into that disrespecting the competition by not putting your best team out there. Like, I think it's completely different than what we did versus Villa. Like, that was probably disrespectful to both Villa and the domestic cup. I know why we did it, but, like, I don't think it's the same thing, for me, at least. Yeah, yeah I mean, look, it, it's, it's, a, it's a Champions League game. We, we should go out there and just win it. I would like to see the kids give it a good try. I'd like to see a few faces being brought in there. I'd like to see a few more uh, that are on the fringe of full fitness again. Um, yeah. There's talk of Trent and Naby um, being there or thereabouts. Um, but there's big games coming up in the Prem. Uh, who, yeah. who have we got after Michelin? Is it, um, is, it is it Tottenham? I think it's Tottenham. It Spurs game. I'll look it up. But, I mean, so, yeah, like, so Naby would be a good one. Minamino would be a decent shout. I don't know if we'll ever see Shaq again, ever, even if he's fit. Like, yeah. I just don't think we have any interest in that for whatever reason. I don't really know why other than the fact that 
I, I don't know. I don't know what's up with Shaq. I know there's a lot of talk about um, not being convinced that he can hold up um, because he's too muscly or whatever. But I don't – you know, so, yeah, Navi Minamino, I mean, God, dude, like Origi, as much of a – or Origi, as, long, as much of a lost cause as he is, he could be a play. But I'd love to see, like, Jake Kane in there, you know? Yeah. Like, I'd like, yeah. I'd like to see some of these, like, these up – like these young up and comers who've got a lot of like uh, heat behind them. Like he's supposed to be some player. I'd love Clarkson to see him as on well. the stage. I have, I've heard a lot Clarkson. about Clarkson. And Clarkson traveled at the last Champions League match. Yeah, you're so, right. I think he did. So, so I mean, like Jake Cannon and Clarkson would be really good shouts. Um, more minutes for Nico is fine with me, especially not Trent's back. Yeah. Um, so, Paul, you, you used to do the loan watch for us, um, and you do the um, ratings now uh, on americanscouser.com. So you've got a, a good background of, of knowing these kids. Who, who have we got fit in the defensive ranks now, still in the younger? In the um, so Phillips is not registered for Champions League. Um, so he's out. He – now there's a deadline before the before the knockouts where we can change both lists, so we can basically rename the A list and the B list both for for the knockouts. Um, so you may see Phillips added for the next round, but it's going to be Reese Williams. He's going to be the guy that's that's fit in in Champions League registered. Um, I don't know. I don't think. I don't think Big Billy. I don't think he's back fit yet. Yeah. I don't think he's fit yet. Comitio or Comitio? Yeah. yeah. I don't know that he's completely back. Um, but I think he is registered, so he would be available. Um, Parker, thank you. I, Parker's got the, the next five games there. Fulham, Tottenham, Crystal Palace, West Brom, Newcastle. And that brings us into January, I believe. Isn't that oh, right, so Parker? we've got Fulham next. Yep. Yep, so Fulham, you know, they, they had a decent game last or at the weekend there. Um, but just, uh, you know, different, yeah, different they've, class. They've, they've struggled. Um, even they've been better recently. They've changed what they've done up front, but it's still – Mitrovic isn't, isn't playing up front anymore very often for them. Yeah. But, um, yeah. A game so like this, I, though, is when I wish we still had Elliot not loaned out. Yeah, oh, yeah. good game for him. Yeah, and he's Which absolutely he is tearing it up. He, he is, is absolutely crushing it. it. Yeah, he is crushing it at uh, Blackburn. So, Which is great, you know, and, and we had this conversation. Is it better to leave the squad and get actual competitive minutes or is it better to stay with the squad and train against the best of the best every day in training? You know, and look, that, that topic is still up for debate. I, I almost think... I almost think it's better keeping them at home, but you know, then they're going to be bored at the weekends, not doing nothing, playing for the youths or whatever. So fair play to him. He's doing, he's doing exactly what's asked of him and, and even more so. Um, so Harvey Elliott is definitely, you know, up and coming material. Well, I, I think he's still 17. Is he, has he not turned 18 yet? I, maybe he has, I don't know. He's super young. I think he's on the cusp of turning 18. So he still needs to get that haircut because he has scored a, se- a senior goal for Liverpool. It may have only been in preseason. It may not have counted, but it still needs to get rid of that man bun before he gets back to Liverpool. Um, <laughs> kind of like it. 
I do too. I'm I'm just jealous though. That's all. That's all it is. Um, you probably man, do. Your hair is long enough. Yeah, but my man bun has a bit of a receding hairline. My my hairline's just, looking like Mane sprinting down the wing. Should I talk to Klopp's guy? <laughs> Harvey's not Harvey's not eighteen until April next year. Yeah, I was wow. just about to say that. Yeah. That's disgusting. Shut up, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Um, so one more big thing out of the, the news, kid. though, um, is Fabrizio Romano, which hasn't really hit my sort of antenna until recently, um, but has been solid with his, you know, his. Uh, his Twitter feed, his, uh, his predictions and his uh, inside information and, and his breaking uh, news today was that Fab and Genie are definitely set for contract talks. Um, obviously, this has been the ongoing saga for some time with Genie. Um, but Fabinho has been thrown in the mix as well. I think he's getting a, a, a hefty increase in salary and apparently Genie is as well. So I, I don't know. Look, we, we, we all know the ins and outs of what's going on with Genie. Let's just hope it gets over the line because he's, he's phenomenal. I mean, I, I, don't, I couldn't put my finger on a player that could replace him. Lads, could you, could you replace Genie? Uh, yeah, man. So here's the thing. I'm going to kind of differ with you on this one. That's I, fine. I That's think, fine. That's what, yeah, that, I, th- I think, look, I love Genie. I think he's... So I think the difficult thing is that I think there are a number of players in our squad that do things particularly well at a world-class level. I think Jeannie, as much as, as much as he's carved a role in the squad and as much as there's a premium on durability right now, um, he's world-class at ball retention, like especially in tight spaces. Like he never, never, ever loses the ball when he's like double, triple team in the midfield, pinned back with his ears back. So he's super good at like ball rotation under pressure and things that are super like overlooked and don't show up on a stat sheet. So being I think super Dutch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. So, I mean, and then on the flip side of that, I think he's. I think he's massively underrated as an offensive player. And my problem with Genie is, like, his heart is further forward on the field. That's where he wants to play. I'm not convinced Genie wants to stay. I think he would – I think he – I don't think he'd be unhappy staying. I don't necessarily think it comes down to one last payday for him, like a lot of people think, because he's been massively underpaid for a number of years now. Oh, yeah. I think he wants to go play the type of football that he enjoys the most. And I think that's further up the pitch. I think that's why, like, he would go. I think he would go to Komen at Barca, at a, even if it's a sinking ship, because he enjoys playing under him. I think he would maybe go to Italy and play on a team like Inter yeah. um, if, if they throw him further forward. Um, I don't, I'm not convinced that he necessarily has his heart set on staying. And to me, in my opinion – are they going to enter contract talks again with him? Fabrizio has been pretty spot on. So I'm sure there's, there's something to that. In my heart of hearts, I feel like if there was a deal to be done, it would have been done by now. They, they talked over COVID when we weren't doing anything for yeah. months. Klopp was, asked about it. Klopp was asked about it in the press today, and he said, I hope so, 
he plays for us a lot. <laughs> right. Which is exactly what you would say. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, yeah. I just, for me, for me, he's accomplished everything you could want to do in terms of team achievements, medals, titles. He's done it all. At his age, going into his 30s, you know, and here's the real debate, right? For me, it's like, it's very, it's very unlike FSG and Liverpool's ownership group and collective to offer a five-year contract, which is reportedly what he wants, to a player that's already 30, like, you know, that's in, going into his 30s and sets him up to make that kind of money on that payroll into, into 35 years old. Now, the argument is, yeah, but we did it with Thiago. You know what I mean? Milner. Right, but Miller came on a free. You know what I mean? That's, but, but in five years' time. Miller came on a free, and he's not looking for guaranteed playing time. Right. He's okay being plugged in at left back, right back, wherever, a couple of games a season if needed. Like, it's a different thing for me. Genie wants – he wants to be playing all the time, which he has been, right? But if Thiago were healthy, if Fabinho was in the mids, and Van Dyke was there, would he be? I don't know that he would be. It's a very true, so, very, very true remark you've just made, Paul. Yeah. Um, so I just so like, lose him. I do too. I do too. But I think he was always meant to be with Nabi uh, to be rotational help for Tiago. Yeah. Now Tiago's gone, Van Dyke's gone, so Fabinho's moved back, and Genie has become this incredibly, hugely important part of this team. Even though he's been important for a number of years now, I don't think that we've considered him as a, a piece that has been essential moving forward. Yeah. As much as everybody wanna, hates to say it. And maybe that's me just emotionally preparing for him being gone because I don't want him gone. No, I just there, made there's, there's a certain truth to what you're saying. As, as much as many people adore, and everybody adores Jeannie Wijnaldum, it, he is taken for granted, I feel, quite a bit. I mean, okay. like, in my book, in five years' time, Jeannie Wijnaldum will be our new Milner. But, you know, it, in an ideal world, all of these players would stay for the next 10 years. And I think the other thing that gets lost in all this is that like out of our starting 11, like 90% of them have contracts that expire within two to three years. So like Liverpool are going to be stuck with an aging team that they're going to have to make some huge calls on. You know, the front line is almost 30. Like, so like, I mean, that's just another reason why I can't see them giving him a, you know, I cannot see them giving him 150 plus for a five-year deal. Um, I, I don't, I, I just don't see it. Um, I think Diago is a little bit like Van Dyke and Allison, where we saw a specific need in a specific player and we're willing to break the model for that player. And I don't see Genie as that player as much as I love him. Yeah. So I'm just, that's me just draining on everybody's parade. I'm sorry. Everybody. <laughs> Parker, Parker. Glad, but, nobody, right, glad right, nobody has my email yet. Right in the mood. <laughs> Tell me there's no better replacement for Milner than Genie Wijnaldum or not Milner, but a Milner type of player, you know, somebody that can do a stop gap. He does his DM. He can move into the 10. He can play on the left. He can play on the right. He does what he wants. Hate to say it, but I got to agree with Paul on this. All right. Not, that, not that I dislike agreeing <laughs> with Paul, but more that you were looking for something. I yeah. can't give you that. Um, no, it's okay. It's okay. It, Milner's kind of irreplaceable. Yeah. I think, if we were to replace him, it'd have to be somewhere more than Genie. No, Don't I'm get me saying, wrong. I'm just saying I, I quite like love Milner Genie, can but... do certain jobs everywhere. 
Genius. I actually like that comparison, and I actually haven't heard that comparison a lot, Jamie, like in that conversation. But I do like that comparison and the fact that he has that position versatility yeah. that Milner has. I just think they're at different points in their career. Big time. But like, and they so. both have a lot of different wants and needs. Obviously, yeah, yeah you're absolutely yeah. right. And I do take that point on board. But um, I just think of Genie in, in five years as being that type of player who can just slot into any sort of position, any team. You know, I, I yeah. do think he will be playing to, to his latter part of the career. Um, but there's a few things I wanted to bring up before we leave. There's one more stat I found here just lying in my notes. Um, Mo Salah scored and assisted on Sunday. And that is the 17th time he scored and assisted since 1718 when he joined. And that's five more goals, or sorry, five more goals and assists than any other player. That's Son. So, Damn. 17 goals and assists. We're just out here breaking records, folks. That's all it is. Um, and the only other thing I want to talk about was Wingman on IGTV, or Wingman, sorry. Um, so great. The uh, Trent and Robbo show on Instagram TV. It is brilliant. If you haven't seen it, do yourselves a favor. Go out and watch it. Um, Hendo was on last week, and this week's episode is about highs and lows uh, in their career. But it's all about... It's like a 10, 15-minute show, and it's just them driving around Merseyside in, in, uh, in Trent's car. Um, Parker, you've seen it, right? Yes. Every Paul, episode. you've seen it too? It's amazing. Parker, it's what amazing. do you think? It, the last episode was probably the funniest one to me, the, the previous one with Hendo, because it just shows that, like, in comedy, there's a thing known as the straight man, which is like the very matter of fact, like simple to the point, no shenanigans type. Nose is that roll. Hendo to a T. Yeah, he was, got, he was absolutely he was hilarious. You've got Trent and uh, Trent and Robbo just joking around up front, laughing up a storm. What did they say? Hendo stiff. just one word stiff. Yeah, stiff. And it's like I mean, kind of. And then Hendo's just like he's hilarious still, but he's just so like so dry. Fact about so dry. everything. Yeah. And like I'd call it peak English humor. Yeah. It's really. Very it's good. like it's exactly what to expect of English what, humor. What was the line you brought me on the show to save your guys' asses? Just like yeah, just like I do every week. And like, like he doesn't, he's not saying it while he's like grinning ear to ear. He's, he's said, just like looking at the yeah. pad in the eye. Stern, <laughs> serious look. Yep, yep. <laughs> so he's good. The Diego Costa look through the <laughs> rearview mirror. At Trent Wednesday's driving. Like I'm already behind. I'm already like yeah, already prepared. I love the show, man. When it first Although came, I do say one of my so favorite great. moments was on Trent um, used Rabo's card to fill up his entire tank of gas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, well, the, the rock, paper, rock, paper, scissors for it. Wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I think it was like buy yeah. and pop or something. Yeah. Just brilliant. Amazing. Um, but yeah, other than that, folks, the only thing I've, the, the last in thought I'd like to leave everybody on would be the four massive fist pumps that Klopp pumped into the cop end at the full-time whistle on Sunday um, because that was just the be-all and end-all. Great to have the fans back. Great to have four goals. 
and long may it continue. Um, two thousand seems safe enough. Maybe they, maybe that that's the start of more. Um, obviously, at, at the safest and earliest convenience. But um, as always, folks, if you're in need of more content, head on over to AmericanScouser.com. Follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram and all the rest. And as always, tune or turn on, tune in, and cop out with us at American Scouser. Folks, great to have you again, and uh, let's see if we can come back with uh, full points from Mitchell and Dan Fulham. Oh, let's do it. To be here. All right, take it easy, lads. Later, gents. All right, bye.